Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 64 years ago, the first female recruits entered Angarda Shikona, and to mark that, a new book has been published called The Women of Angarda Shikona. We're joined by Kira O'Hearn, who put that book together, and Chief Superintendent Margaret Nugent, Chairper of the Angarda Shikona Women's Network. Good afternoon to you both. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, so, th- w- describe what's in the book, Kira. Yeah, I suppose this is uh, very much a collection of the personal stories and reflections of 120 Garda personnel, um, all of which are female and are a representation of each Garda rank and grade across the organisation. Yeah, I, I assume it was controversial at the time when when, Gardaí, uh, when female Gardaí started? Absolutely. I mean, for Chief Superintendent Margaret Nugent um, joined with us today, um, I suppose even when the Chief would have joined, it would have been still a contentious uh, issue for females to join the police service at the time and, you know, to be ambitious about joining specialist units and I suppose getting into the the gritty day-to-day duties of it all. Um, but perhaps, Chief, you'd like to give your, your reflection on it all. Oh, it, certainly at the time in 1959, it was a, it was a big novelty that women would join the Garda Síochána mm. in all male-dominated organisation. In fact, uh, there were some comments even in the doll at the time uh, that might even reflect some of the uh, negative social attitudes that uh, the women, this was prior to them joining, that they shouldn't be horse faced and they shouldn't be too good looking either. And they certainly should not be candidates for marriage. Right. Because the marriage bar was still in in place at that time. It certainly was. And that wasn't lifted until uh, 1973. So, in fact, of the first 12 women that joined in 1959, uh, 50% of them had to leave because they got married. Right. And was it, I I assume that the dress code was different, the uniform was different. Oh, very different. Very different at the time. Uh, Women wore skirts and it wasn't really until the early 90s that the skirts were considered then to be impractical for policing. Mm. Especially, you know, with the vans and trying to jump in and out of vans and run after people. It just simply wasn't considered practical. And and eventually the women got the the, uh, trousers. Yeah. And in in the training that guards received then, was it different or did it differ in any way between men and women in, in, in those first days? Generally speaking, it was similar, but reading some of the recollections uh, of some of our pioneers, Superintendent Phyllis Nolan, who was the first superintendent, uh, she wasn't allowed to do firearms training, for example. So the male, the males got, got that training. And at the time as well, and indeed even in my own time, uh, while the women were trained in self-defence, we didn't actually have truncheons. We weren't given the uh, self-defence equipment when we went on the beat. Why? And again, well... I'm not really sure. Uh, it just took time. And in the early 90s, then we were given those uh, rights, the equal rights with men. It's It was just the way matters evolved. Women initially were uh, worked with care, uh, with, with dealing with women and children uh, mm. who are victims of crime. And gradually, uh, up until the early 2000s, uh, women could then expand into what is today all areas of Angarda Síochána. So right. it's, it's just, it evolved really. Yes, of course. But still, that's it's still relatively recently, if it's only the 2000s when, when uh, female guards were allowed to do all the same things as male guards. That's correct. It yeah. was a process of 
I suppose, evolvement. It was a process of learning from an organisational perspective. But now every part of the organisation is open. And indeed, even at our top echelons in the Garda Síochána, 50% of the Commissioner's senior management team are women. Mm. So that has all changed and women have much more opportunities today than they had in the early days. So yeah. it was yeah. a process of evolvement. What were the last things, if you like, that that, that female guards were allowed to do? Was it like serious crime type scenarios that, that, that was the last kind of little area they were allowed into? I would say it was more emergency response units carrying mm. firearms and heavy weapons and th- those areas. They were the, the more recent, I would say. But now they're, they're, they're actually everywhere. Right. Okay. I suppose just just to add also that um, from a civilian perspective that, you know, 70 percent of Garda personnel um, around the country that are working in, you know, the st- in stations and are assisting frontline members um, on in units nationwide are female and civilian. So, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty extraordinary as well, the contribution that civilians make to policing as well um, and have, you know, over the past 60 odd years also. So I think that's an important element that we felt was very important to feature as part of this book. You know, that, of course, this was um, predominantly about recording the very sensitive and personal reflections of those that so bravely did come forward um, in very different times and through challenges and crises. Um, but equally, I suppose we wanted to give a, a fair dues to all of the civilians that have come up through those times too and have really supported um, Senior Gardaí on, on the coalface. You know that old cliche about uh, a teacher and a guard married to each other? Are there many guards married to each other? <laughs> there are. There are quite a number, actually, of guardy, And the percentage I don't have, but it's quite high. In fact, in our book, it's quite interesting. One of the women who joined in 1959, she was, became a sergeant and she married another sergeant and he was allowed to continue in his career. She had to oh, leave. Oh, no. Yes, yeah. yes. But uh, yes, there's quite a number married. Yeah, I wonder, does that, like, if one outranks the other, how does that work? Can he do his attention? Uh, plus also, I suppose, uh, scheduling shifts and that kind of stuff must uh, take a bit of balance then as well. It does. And yeah. usually where uh, two people are married to each other, they work They work through their management team and they work on different shifts. Of course, making sure they have time to see each yeah. other as and well. No, actually, are there any rules about that? Are they allowed to work with each other or, or not? If you're not married? directly with yeah. each other, yeah. no. And they certainly couldn't be in the line management structure. So usually they're in different stations, different areas, but they can synchronise their shifts mm. uh, for childminding. Now, at the same time, it strikes me that in, in rape cases where a female has been raped... You know, there's a necessity to have a female guard available. Is that a deliberate policy now? Would there always be one available? There usually would be always a female available. But again, you know, the victim would also have a choice in in the situation. Mm, But generally speaking, women, women would deal with cases like that. Um, But but there are men and women uh, who deal with them because also men can be victims as well. Oh, of course, so, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah in, in those instances as well. So, what is the what? What would the percentage be now of of female guards in in the modern force of female guard? We've three and a half thousand. In fact, we've thirty percent of uh, sworn members of the Garda Síochána. Right. Women. Okay. Yeah. Now we're seeking to actually increase that. So there is a competition, a new competition starting shortly, and. 
we would like to attract more women. In fact, we would like also to attract more men as well. So if people have questions about the guards and what it's like as a career, I would encourage people to go into their local guard station. In fact, the book that... Uh, that we published uh, is is actually it, it's on sale, and if somebody would like to read it, they'd get a really really good insight into Angarda Shiakana. Right, any aspiring candidates? Yeah, I think certainly I've always admired the work of of Gardi, and for me as a civilian coming from the outside into the organisation, um, this really was a very special project to work on. Um, I gained such an understanding of all of the different echelons of the organisation. And I think this book, for anyone that's interested in pursuing a very fulfilling career, whether civilian or as a trained member in in the police service, uh, this book's definitely worth taking a look at. And I think you'll get a very, very strong idea of all of the varied work that you can get involved in and the real meaningful contribution that you can make to people's lives and keeping people safe. Uh, Where can people get the book and how much is it? People can get the book in the gutter uh, bookshop. It's in Temple Bar. Not the actual gutter, yes. (laughs) And it's uh, £29.95. All right, that's good because it's a beautiful big hardback book. So that's that's quite a good price. And it's €3 for uh, post and packaging. And if people order more than one copy, it's the same amount for post and packaging. So we'd encourage Good stuff. There you go. Thank you both for uh, coming in to us today. That was Chief Superintendent Margaret Nugent, Chairperson of Angarda Shikona Women's Network and Kira Ahern, uh, also Deputy Press Officer uh, for the Guards. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.